Podcast Network Asia. Your second episode of the Class Cloud Podcast, kicking things off. It's weird. How can you kick things off on a Friday? But it's out here right now. It's there. Let's keep it in. I took. I retook this intro five hundred times. Don't see <laughs> your second episode of the Class Clown Podcast with yours truly, Chino Liao, happening right now. Thank you for joining me again this week. How did you like the first ever after school special episode? Did you like the, the sound of my voice uh, for almost 20 minutes did whatever i say make sense did it anger you did it frustrate you did you it turn you on let me know how you feel about it at chino supersized on all my social media platforms that's facebook that's instagram that's tiktok that's uh, OnlyFans. Just kidding. I don't have a TikTok. Um, and uh, no, I do. I have a TikTok. It's uh, thank you for joining me again this week. And this week is actually very special because, like I've said in the past few episodes, I am actually not in the Philippines, I am in the San Francisco Bay Area of California. AKA Phil Am Central. A lot of Filipinos are out here in the world. And I thought I'd take advantage of that by asking a few Filipino Americans questions about their heritage and comedy. This whole season is starting to turn into a season that is dedicated to comedy and humor. Uh, that's what I'm realizing right now. Like I'm inviting people on here to talk about things that are comedy adjacent, but not really about comedy. And today's episode is no exception. We have, of course, three of the Bay Area's finest stand-up comedians and a comedian, female, uh, performing stand-up here in this part of the world. Andrew Orolfo, who you might know as one of Joe Coy's openers in Manila, Joseph Annalyn and Ivy Cordova. Uh, they are also show runners out here in San Francisco. And I had them on here and took advantage of this time zone because I wanted to get to know about their race and what it has to do, their culture, and what it has to do with their comedy. You know, a lot of people know Phil Am Comedy. When they when you hear the word Phil Am Comedy, you think immediately of guys like Joe Coy, like Rex Navarrete, you know, the more popular uh, names in the comedy world. Well, these three guys don't necessarily do those kinds of jokes. They don't uh, use their, their culture as a means to evoke laughter. Generally speaking, you know, it's not something that's at the forefront of their material. And so sometimes you can't help but think if they're, you know, if it's something that they use, they portray on stage. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but out here in San Francisco, these are not only the three Filipino uh, stand-up comics. They're th- in San Francisco, there are three out of five total Filipino stand-up comics here in San Francisco. I am not counting myself in that equation because I am on a tourist visa and the immigration might be listening here, right? But I am not part of that equation. So at the most, there are about 10 to maybe a generous 15 Asian stand-up comics here in this area and the rest are just white people and and <laughs> sprinkling a sprinkling of black people and hispanics but just white people uh as far as the eye can see i mean i just did a show 
last uh, two weeks ago, and I was the I was only one of two people of color, right? The other lady was uh, Latina. So you know, that's just how important representation is, I guess, for this part of the world. Um, so I talked to them about their race. I talked to them about what it's like to be performing in this type of environment, especially with all the hate that Asians are seemingly getting from people. Um, it's hard to explain to people how I also don't like the Chinese, when my name is Chino. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I can also I can just explain to them that the Chinese are encroaching on Filipino territories and they don't respect our sovereignty. Yada, yada, yada. But then when they ask for my name, Shit hits the fan. So, so, but we talk about Asian hate. We talk about being Filipino. We talk about the type of humor that they have and and how important it is to represent their culture. You know, so it's a different take of th- on things. You know, it's a different take on the the diaspora, if you will, to use a college word <laughs> that people uh, seem to know about Filipino American humor. I think I've talked long enough, so let's jump right in to this episode about Philams in stand-up comedy with my guests, Andrew Orolfo, Joseph Annalyn, and Ivy Cordova. All right, time to get to the interview portion of this episode, and it is a stack, stack episode as I have three of the Bay Area's finest Philam comics with me. Today, let's bring on the Woo-hoo. podcast, first of all, Mr. Joseph Annalyn. Hey. Hello, hello. Hey. And, of course, we have Andrew Orolfo. Yo. Uh, and, Hello. finally, Ivy Cordova. Hi. Hi, everybody. Thanks for making it up here uh, to my little show. Yeah, I had to travel uh, really far. <laughs> yeah, I know, with your purple lights. <laughs> yeah. When you hit me up about this, when you were like seven or eight p.m., I was like, "Damn, what time is it for you?" But you're here. <laughs> no, I am here. We're uh, we're all in the same time zone. Um, yeah. So I'm taking advantage of talking to as many people in this part of the world uh, while I'm here because usually it means I've had to get up early. So thanks, guys, for taking time. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I just want to address the. The, the main elephant in this room right now, in the world we live in right now, with all, just rip the band-aid right away, with all the things that have been happening to Asian people and just mm-hmm. the community in general, does it feel like it's something as comedians that you have to address while you do your, your stand-up? Anybody can start, really. I mean... I tell people that if they don't laugh, that's anti-Asian sentiment. Like they need to laugh. Right. I've not. I've never said that. I've thought about it, but I feel like that would be hack. I mean, me personally, I've been trying to. I mean, I saw this shit coming, so I was just trying to address that shit right away. Especially being an Asian, con- you know, what I mean, you gotta sometimes go. I don't eat bats like that's literally my opener yeah. right now. Is I don't eat bats. Right. Yeah. I'll eat ass before I eat bats. Blah blah blah. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I was just in Arizona, and I felt like, I, I felt, I kind of feel like people are kind of laughing a, a little bit harder, just to be nice, <laughs> which I'm okay with. <laughs> what? So, like, yeah, you said you were just in Arizona, Andrew. Uh, for all three of you, what's it like to perform as, a, I guess you could say, a minority in like a predominantly white or American art form? I guess you could say. Like, like as one of the, like, as I've had the experience of being one of the only Asians on a lineup. And I don't know if that affects, like, any of you when you do your sets. I mean, for me, I, for me, it's a lot of, like, some, not only in some shows am I the only Asian person, but sometimes I'm the only woman. Right. And I remember in the beginning, I, used to, I, you know, I used to ask myself, am I being booked because I'm funny or am I being booked because I'm a token? I feel I fulfill some sort of diversity criteria. And then maybe after the first couple of times of asking myself that, I finally said, you know what? It, it doesn't matter. I'm getting booked. I can address this. You know, when I get to a point where I can actually address this in my material, I just want to focus on getting booked right now. So that's where I was with it in the beginning. I actually 
Mm-hmm. I actually prefer not all Asian shows. Yeah. I, pref- I mean, mm-hmm. I don't like being on all Asian shows just because I feel like my style of comedy is not going to fit that kind of comedy audience that wants like same if they want joe joe coy like they're they're barking up the wrong tree right. with me you know um yeah. <laughs> right i feel i feel like it's a lot more freeing to be not only the only asian but the only one that's not going to be doing like accent jokes about my parents or fucking uh you know i don't want to say hack asian but you know hack asian you know what i mean right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i like it like I talk about my parents a lot and not once do I use an accent. Like there was one time where I thought about it, but first of all, I'm so bad at it that it wouldn't make sense. I would just sound like another like Balik Bayan trying to connect, which I, you know, that's not necessarily like my MO. Ivy sounds like um, a white girl speaking Tagalog. I don't want to call it out, but <laughs> is that Udabo? <laughs> he has a <laughs> Say that, that word again. Yeah, you know what? So, y'all crazy. Y'all act like the Bay has a bunch of people that do accents and shit. But it's literally us. It's the area. all lineups together. You're crazy. <laughs> and then Irene too. And then like, it's like, yeah. it's like, like none of us are dealing with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when we go to San Jose and do like the beans, rice, and watermelon show. <laughs> like, oh, let me guess. Black person, Mexican, Asian show. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I think in the Bay Area we're pretty lucky considering there's hell of I, I feel like it's very diverse compared to a lot of other scenes you could come up in, you know. I feel like we're pretty lucky in that sense of like uh yeah, we're Asian, but we've come up in a pretty progressive scene that's like has a lot of diversity in it where you can kinda not do what people expect you to do. Yeah. It's pretty that's cool. Real. Right. Yeah, it's one of the first things I, I got when I started doing stand-up out here was that it was very diverse and not a lot of Asians actually do the what you guys said, the token Asian bits, the the jokoyisms mm-hmm. uh, of stand-up. So what I want to get at here is that is there more to, to being a film in comedy than just doing the accent jokes or just doing the you know, oh, my parents are this or or my family is that type of material. Okay. I learned this from doing the from. Remember when we did that mic together yeah. in the Philippines? Yeah. From doing comedy in the Philippines. The thing that I learned is the stereotypes for Filipinos there are different than the stereotypes for Phil- Filipinos right. here. Yes. Because like I remember when we were filming this, the thing who has a Joey does that bit about nursing or whatever right and then someone told us later that that's like not that big of a thing in the actual philippines than it is more here right so it's just it's just different that way we have different stereotypes for us i guess philams and filipino filipino you know right right like i didn't know tinder was banned out there it isn't i don't know who told you that but it's oh someone told me tinder was banned no it's not (laughs) Someone didn't want to talk to them. I'm just kidding. Someone didn't want you to get That's why. Yeah. Maybe that dude just got banned from Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) But is that, is that, am I correct in that? Uh, You you pretty much hit it. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. Yeah. So Ivy or Joe, you want to say something about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. Like, I, um, I actually came home, this is maybe not, not even three days ago. I came home a few days ago and um, I found my entire family watching uh, Joe Coy's thing on Netflix, Andrew, the one that you were on, right? And so it was very interesting because my dad's a very analytical person. My dad is actually super analytical and he's actually the funny person in the family. Like for me, I'm just the person that made it into a, made it, you know, actually got to do it you know what I mean and so my dad I think to some degree like he's a very funny guy but he's also very analytical in how he thinks and how he perceives both comedy here as well as in the Philippines and it was very interesting 
seeing the way that he reacted to all the different uh, types, because all different kinds of comedy were represented on that show. And he's just like, okay, this would be suitable for more like independent. This would be more like slapstick for Pinoy's. And he was just going over the different things that would appeal to different types of Filipino audiences. And it was interesting having that conversation with my dad, who's never once watched me do stand-up. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just mm. like, you got a lot to say, and you got a child that does this shit. Like, I would like to hear what you think, but then again, I don't know if I'm ready to hear my dad, uh, my, my dad's reaction to the kind of comedy that I do, which is. Oh, so, so what did he say about me? <laughs> you're very you're very subtle you're very subtle okay. and he was just like your comedy is more suitable for he said he said straight up like more like independent like sort of alternative comedy rooms versus like what he deems to be what Filipino like Filipino comedy Filipino um, audiences in from the Philippines would enjoy, which is more the sort of like physical kind of slapstick, like what Joey does, I think. And so you know, mm. again, you guys have both very different styles, and you know, I think my dad personally would appreciate your comedy more because again, mm. it's subtle. You know what I mean? Like your comedy actually. I'm not saying that Joey's comedy doesn't make him think, but your comedy really makes him think, mm. especially so. as far as like non-traditional family dynamics. Mm. So that was very okay. interesting to hear. And I'm just like, all right, Dad, um, when are you coming to one of my shows? You're, you're an alt comic, Andrew. I didn't know your dad no, watched a lot of nerd melt. Please. I didn't know he knew about that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the time. <laughs> I used that as into adult swim and all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now that you mentioned, we brought in family to this discussion. This is because I don't know if you guys know this, but stand up out in the Philippines is not like the stand up that all, all of us do, essentially. Like when you bring up stand up in, in the Philippines, they think of gay bars and characters. Can, really- can, can I tell you something? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so at one of the days that we were shooting, the the night that we, we met up with you, one of the yeah. days we were shooting, I I was like, because I was I was scared of of Friday, you know, because the the filming, I didn't know how yeah. it was gonna go. I hadn't done comedy in like a week or something because we were just filming all day. So I was like, I need to go do a set. So I hit you up, or I hit uh, I hit up who did I hit up? I hit up a not bunch me. Of it was somebody else. Yeah, one I think it was one. like uh, Aldo. Yeah, okay. I hit up Aldo, and he was like, Yeah, come through to this place. And then when you're with like a full production and like Joe, like production is kind of like, where are you going? Like, you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to do, or they want to chaperone you. Right. Right. So I was like, here's the address. Let's go here. And then we start when we were driving and then they pull us up to this gay drag comedy club. And I was like, what is this? They're like, Oh, this is like our comedy club. This is like safer. We'll just hang out here. I was like, but can I go? Can I go up here? And they're like, no. I was like, I'm not. I don't want to watch this. I, I want to. Because they're, they're, oh, they're just trying Andrew to wants get. to go to the comedy show. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. But and then I was like, no, no, this is not going to work. Like I'm. I have. A, I have spots. And then we. I took them to. The what was that bar called? Moe's is that the one? The one uh, on yeah, Tuesday, yeah. right? Moe's. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, we go the there underground and, bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they they were not having it. Production was like, where you can't go in there. I'm like, no, it's fine. These are my these are my friends. But <laughs> <And then laughs> it was the first time I ever met y'all. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they let us go in, and that was uh, that was really fun. But the, I I fully understand that the stand up there, they y'all love yeah uh, drag stuff whatever. yeah so was that like uh when you brought it i'm assuming your parents know that you guys do stand up do they did they automatically think that you were doing this kind of comedy versus that kind of comedy because <laughs> i know that was an issue on my end like being being fully pinoy in the philippines that's so funny Nah, hell no. no they didn't think no. that. <laughs> it's not a thing. It's like, did they actually try it and compare it at least? Like, was that? No, just... I they've they've been here for so long that they yeah, they, they know. Yeah. That, yeah, I think my my dad came out here when he was like eleven or like. Oh right, okay, cool. Or like even younger than that, and then my right. mom came out here when she was like twenty. So it's uh, they've they've grown up with 
comedy like with comedy you had this year yeah 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 my parents both did like well my dad mainly did theater but like you know like yeah he he was all about that shit he was like cool oh your dad did it that's not 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 stand up (laughs) he used to do like you know power to the people kind of performances oh right oh my my dad's just always been a huge comedy fan like that was one of the ways that i bonded because so my sister is the only person in our family that was actually born in the States. Like I was born in, I was born in Quezon City. We came over here before I was two. And so, uh, you know, when you first come to the States, like as, you know, as an adult, you're raising a family, whatever. My dad had to take some really, really fucking shitty jobs. And so I didn't see him a lot when I was growing up. And the few times that he was home, like when I was a little kid, I, I have these memories of my dad watching a lot of comedy. He would watch like Richard Pryor. He would watch, um, he would watch Eddie Murphy, and regardless of how inappropriate that was, probably in retrospect, now that, I, now that I'm an adult and I have a kid, he let me watch that with him, and I would always just sneak out of bed and go sit next to my dad on the couch watching comedy because it was my way of sort of staying close to him. So the mm. fact that I'm doing this now as an adult, like to him, I'm sure that's not lost on him, but you know, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Like, so I'm I'm sure he had he had no like no right. uh, illusions about what kind of comedy I was doing at that point. Right, way. nice. Mm. That that's beautiful, man. Thank you. So I just wanted we didn't get to this question, so I might as well just ask it. How did you guys get started doing stand up? Like, what mics did you first hit? How did you learn about it, etc.? Again, anybody, just feel free to chime I was, in. I was a theater kid, um, so I was doing theater like right after undergrad, and um, it was a Filipino American theater, which is like I think a year after I think like maybe six months after I started was when I met Joseph because he was in that same theater environment and so for me I something I realized really quick was that I was shitty at theater but one of the people that was in that comedy community he put together a workshop for uh <laughs> shut up <laughs> you were no, I was bad too I and was bad here. too that's why I'm laughing <laughs> we were the worst oh my god and so he um, I was so bad I was workshop. tech <laughs> I just fucking ran tech at show. <laughs> I, I was so shitty at acting. And I was like, there's got to be something else I can do that's creative. Because, you know, like, I, in my Filipino family, like, all the people in my mom and dad's, my, my mom's side of the family, they're all, like, performers. They're dancers. They're singers, whatever. My dad's family is all, like, super academic people. And I was neither. So I was like, okay, there has to be something I can do. Otherwise, I have to find out whether or not I'm adopted and I'm actually Filipino. Because if mm. I can't sing, I can't dance, there better be something I can fucking do. And um, comedy, I think stand-up comedy was the first thing that I did that I found where I didn't feel completely lost. Yeah. Uh, to pi- just nice. piggyback on hers, because I went through the same kind of situation. Same shout out, shout out, Bindlestiff. Hey. But uh, yeah, I was. I thought I had a tech rehearsal, and I went to the theater, and it was a uh, Kevin Kamiya running a, uh, a stand-up hey. stand-up workshop. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Uh, I thought I was supposed to rehearse. All right, I'm out. And then he was just like. And you want to just hang out, man? You want to just. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we did it. I did, I did. I ended up joining the workshop like and then it culminates in a show. And we did like a show with all our friends and family. And I wore a suit like an asshole. Yeah, the yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh. You know, it went great. And then we got some of us got booked for another show at some bar in SF. And it was like the complete opposite. And then it was just like, what the fuck happened? Were you still in a suit? Yes. Yeah, yes, suit I wore the there? suit. <laughs> and that was the last time we're in the suit. But then, um, yeah, then I was just like, well, shit, how do you get more shows? And then I was just like, you know, go to the brainwash, go hang out at places and blah, blah, blah. And that's basically how it started. And yeah. Yeah, Brainwash Cafe. That mm. was the place in uh, San Francisco. Like every every comedian that makes it, that's from the Bay Area, they will always talk about the Brainwash Cafe in their book. So yeah. um, that's you know that was like a really legendary place. Uh, I announced my pregnancy there because I didn't know how to tell my family that I was pregnant, so I decided to do it. I don't know why. You did a dress rehearsal uh, at the Brainwash. <laughs> <laughs> I, kept the, I kept the baby, by the way. He's thirteen now. Uh, I think that's where I met Joseph too. Right? I think that's where we met. Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure that's yeah. right. J- yeah. Damn. Joseph, yeah, right, yeah. Andrew, what that, about yourself? That, yeah, that's where I started too. I, I was doing the same thing, kind of. Uh, was in community college and I was about to transfer to a UC, and 
Uh, I, I went to the the brainwash and yeah. I uh, got my acceptance letter into my UC and I, I just was like, that's good enough. And then I just kept doing comedy. <laughs> oh, wait, so you didn't, you didn't, you didn't transfer to the UC? <laughs> I was, my, I was majoring, I was majoring in theater. So, and then yeah, three uh, fucking theater kids. That's crazy. Yeah. And I was, ma- <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was majoring in theater and I got into SF state and then I was, planning on going and uh the one down here northridge i was gonna my plan was to go to northridge and like also audition but then i just uh, stand up was more fun to me so i just kept you, you traded that. one bad financial decision for another <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty, much. pretty much he's gonna get broke Brooker going to college well yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, you chose the you chose the cheaper route <laughs> yeah. uh so now that we've talked about you already and your stand-up journey, how long did you guys did guys did you take you guys rather to figure out what kind of voice you guys wanted to talk about while you were on stage, like your identity as comedians? And did being Filipino or Phil Am have anything to do with that? Well, for me, um, I don't think I figured out any of that stuff until the second time I went through comedy because um, I so I started around the same time as Joseph, so maybe like 2005, 2006-ish, give or take. And then I left in 2009 because I, uh, you know, I was in my 20s. I, you know, I had a kid and, you know, I just felt overwhelmed. And also just, you know, before having my kid, I was one of those people that would routinely go to open mics like fucked up. So I was just like, okay, I have no direction. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm going to leave. And then um, at some point in 2016, so like fast forward, like seven years later or whatever, I decided to pick it back up again. And one of the things I told myself was if I go back to comedy, I'm going to approach this with the professionalism that I do with my corporate job. Like I'm not going to be drunk. I'm not going to horse around. I'm going to actually take this seriously and figure out, because I know I have a voice. I just got to figure out what that is and how to use it. And I mean, I'll be completely honest, like, you know, incorporating my ethnicity and my background and all those influences into it did not really occur to me at the time because I just wanted to focus on telling jokes, getting booked, picking myself up from, you know, where I began. And so maybe only a couple, it took me a couple of years, but I think after that, that was when I started to feel more comfortable with um, talking about, you know, my personal background, you know, being Filipino and things like that. To this day, I still don't have a ton of Filipino jokes, but now that I've been in, now that I've been in quarantine with my Filipino Catholic parents for over a year, now I have more Filipino stuff than I ever did in my entire life. So (laughs) that's, that's how I, that's how I got started in that sense. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. I think, I think, I, I think for me, it was like year four. I just remember year four. That was, it was like my material switched up. And then I started like doing mostly what I'm doing now. But I remember that was like, that's when I uh, started, um, what was it like getting more booked more at local shows and then kind of getting in the rotation of the punchline. Right. And punchline, yeah. So like what changed? Like what made you change up your material? Uh, I think I was just getting more uh, personal on stage. You know, I was doing longer bits because when I first started, I was just doing like a lot of one-liners and stuff like oh, that. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, kind of weird. And then a lot of all started... comic stuff. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't even. I'd call it just like bad. You know, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't good. Uh, yeah, and then I just I remember I was like I gotta around year four three or four i was like i gotta reinvent myself and do something something different and uh that yeah that's when i started seeing more progress i guess yeah. i think someone nice. someone just straight up told me hey i just want to say man uh when you first started you were really bad but uh <laughs> you've got you've gotten a lot better man i'm proud of you i was like oh thanks <laughs> thanks for being honest <laughs> <laughs> but i was around year four also i was like oh shit like okay so i'm you know I, was right. on the, I felt like i was on the right track i stopped trying to like completely emulate dave Chappelle's everything it's like trying to tell like 10 minute 10 yeah. minute bits in a five minute set you know uh and then i just moved to bill burr <laughs> <laughs> so just angry, just angry all the time no nah, no nah, i'm just fucking around but <laughs> <laughs> So, right. So 
being that you guys do stand up here in, in San Francisco, I wonder if there's ever been a time or a set that you were on stage and you did a joke and it offended somebody. Yeah. Like, is that a natural time? Right. <laughs> so how, how does that? I like that happens a lot. It, it, it feels like a natural occurrence, although I've never had it happen to me, but I've only done mm-hmm. it every so often. Right. So how, how does somebody deal with that while you're on stage? This, is it like a normal crowd control thing? Do you apologize to the person after? Uh, Context is king. It, yeah. It doesn't happen to me too often, to be honest. I don't right. really. None of my stuff really offends people. And if it does, it's like they're dumb. Yeah, it's got to be a miscommunication you know, like, on their part. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's some, or it's like so outrageous. Like the whole crowd is like, what the heck? That's a right. weird person. But yeah, like, I, usually I, I'm very much a apologize and just, <laughs> just power through kind of comic. I don't, I don't like, Oh, getting into it with people. Yeah, I mean, if it's yeah. like if you're hosting at the punch, you might approach it differently than if you're at some shitty bar show, you know, where there's like no, mm-hmm. you know, less who gives a fuck. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, I th- I feel like at the end of the day, we all want to stand behind our material, you know. Right. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be someone who's drunk who just hears a word and just like fills in the the rest themselves. I've had that happen before. I don't know. You, it's like it's the same reason sometimes like with with that material, with material that you might even think could like trigger someone. It's like you're very cautious with it, or at least I am like I I tend to hold it for the right situations, if that makes sense. It's the same reason I won't wear sports apparel at shows anymore. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> like you don't want to wear a Raiders that's, jersey. That's genius. You don't want to yeah, wear a Raiders yeah, yeah, jersey yeah, yeah. in Denver. You know what I mean? Like that's true. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like just anything that's gonna Makes that's sense. gonna take their minds. You know, or you know what I mean? That's gonna quote unquote trigger them. You know, you just wanna you want mm-hmm. you want to play those close to the vest. You don't want to just unless that's just who your comic persona is. You know what I mean? If you're gonna if you're going <laughs> out there trying to do like you know, fucking Anthony Jeselnik kind of shit. Who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? You kind of go in <laughs> expecting, yes, like someone's going to get offended. And that's what I want. I think I have, I think I have more offense, no offense. I think I have more offensive material than both of you combined. And um, <laughs> it's just raunch here. Yeah. <laughs> <true>. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair. And I, you know, honestly, I don't really think about whether it offends people because, you know, at the end of the day, I don't get paid enough to give a fuck what they think. And, um, you know, as a woman, I'm just like, there's so much in my life or so much in just being a woman in a comedy mm-hmm. that I already don't have control over, let alone someone policing what the fuck I talk about. Like, mm-hmm. go watch another Asian comedian uh, talk about, like, how disappointed their parents are because they didn't do math for a living or some bullshit. Like, there's other comedians you can go to for that. Uh, yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. one of them. Feel free. Leave the door. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it, like, because mm-hmm. I don't. I don't try to offend anything that I say that is kind of fucked up. It's usually meant to be tongue in cheek. I'm kind of like, you know, winking at the audience. But I did have a yeah, I did have a bit that the subject matter was rape, but I wasn't making fun of rape victims or the act of rape. I was just it's just the subject matter. You know what I mean? Uh, it was about a, a rapist who raped a woman with AIDS and then he got AIDS. And then I was trying to say that. I remember. Yeah, and I was I was I trying to say because like someone shared it. This is a real story. Someone shared it on Facebook and was like, just you know, hot, happy about it." And I'm like, "Why he's scarier? Like he's yeah." And I was like, "If he was a Pokemon, he'd you know he 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 uh he evolved. He's a scarier rapist." <laughs> anyway, this this waitress who worked at the place that we were producing the show like was furious. She was like, "You can't." Uh, rape isn't funny. You can't joke about rape. Uh, and as a man, you can't even say that word. And I was like, word. All right. Like, I wasn't going to argue with an employee of the, you know, the establishment. Right. You know what I mean? But it's just like, damn, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't trying to rape wasn't the punchline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. 
and that was a real story. It was just the the premise and the setup. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Most <laughs> <laughs> just everything else. <laughs> you know, but that becomes one of those things where you have to like do this 30 second preface before your bit, and people still might get yeah. mad. You know, so it's right. like everybody. Right. So that's that influence how you write your material out. Like, are you are you more particular now, or you just don't? care at all just like well i'm know. not going i'm care. not going around trying to write a dope rape bit you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn i thought you were hitting the mics I don't, right? you know if, if, if this was like pre-covid i wouldn't be sitting in a coffee bar like you know rape as a circle word and then like throwing a bunch <laughs> yeah. of other words you know trying to find a through line trying to think of yeah trying and to think uh, of rape yeah. tags yeah. <laughs> yeah hey girl help me with these help me with these tags right i don't i here's the thing about me is like i'm like very uh I'm not I'm not intelligent so I I don't write enough like take worthy stuff to where people can like be upset at me at you right. know that's all my thing is right I'm just like goofy silly silly kind of bitch I always you know it's funny the the person the type of people that get offended the most for any kind of like ethnic ch- jokes that I might do it's always white people always always right. yes okay mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Maybe like a Asian girlfriend here or there, but it's usually always, <laughs> it's usually always like a, a a woke white woman or a woke white dude, like who's getting offended for that ethnicity. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like strange. Right. It's like your ancestor still did it. Like you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to cut to a break so I can tell you more about the Amazing Things podcast network Asia has to offer. More Class Clown goodness coming to you in a bit. But first, let me tell you about the many ways you can help keep the lights on here at the Class Clown podcast. When I say here at the Class Clown Podcast, I mean my living room. You know, I'm just here in our in our living room. I'm still in my pajamas. It's about 4 p.m. where I'm at right now, and I, I haven't done anything. But you know who does something, Mister Speedy? That's right. What a segue! That's why they pay me the big bucks. Mister Speedy is the number one courier service in the metro. It is also the one that offers the lowest rates per mile out of, of per, I say per mile, but the Philippines uses kilometers per kilometer in the country. Uh, and they offer five pesos per kilometer, and it's so cheap, and you can even save even more. Uh, save even, even more. I used even four times because that's how much you can save. You can save 50 pesos. On your very first transaction by downloading the app, registering, right, and using my referral code, Class Clown Mr. Speedy. Again, Class Clown Mr. Speedy. Mr. Speedy services all of the NCR Plus bubble. So you know you can get your things to one from one point to another, regardless of the ECQ level that the government decides to put. Mr. Speedy should be your number one choice for that. And you should be using my code, ClassCloud Mr. Speedy. Hey, speaking of codes, I have a Podmetrics code out there as well. Podmetrics, if you did not know, is the super quick and easy way to monetize your podcast. Now, when I started doing this podcasting thing, I did not know that... People cared about what I had to say, that people actually listened to my episodes, and that people are actually willing to invest in my podcast. And then Podmetrics came along and changed all of that for me. So if you're stuck in a bubble, if you're thinking about podcasting as well, like so many others out in the world, then you should go on to podmetrics.co 
and use my referral code class cloud that's the name of the title no spaces class clown now if you're an advertiser and you want to help me out and if you want to send free stuff my way you can log on to advertisers.podmetrics.co and fill out the form there and tell them that you want to work with me you want to help me out fix my life or you know if you don't want that large responsibility just sponsor my podcast all of that and more thanks to Podmetrics now let's get back into more of this episode about Phil Ams in comedy with my guest Andrew Orolfo Joseph Adelin and Ivy Cordova All right, back with our guests for this episode and all this comedy talk. Um, I just re- realized that I never, apart from Andrew, I don't think you guys actually performed in Manila yet, right? Have you? Have you gotten around to doing that? Or uh, Ivy and, and Joseph, and is that something you want to do? Yeah, I mean, my family talks to me a lot about this, especially you know, now that they know that this is not something that I consider a hobby anymore. You know what I mean? Now that they see that I'm serious about it, now I got relatives talking about, okay, this bar has like expats or you should perform here. It's something that I've definitely thought about. And I honestly, like last year, I was supposed, me and my son were supposed to go on a month long trip to Asia. Like I was going to like for spring break, we were going to do two weeks and then another two weeks of going through. And I wanted to visit the Philippines because my parents my parents moved there last year right so i was like okay this is gonna be something cool and instead the rona happened but you know it's definitely something it's definitely something i'm it's it's on my mind and i'm open to it it's just a matter of someone asking me i guess right uh i haven't been uh, i went to the philippines once it was for a month in 2005 and it wasn't it wasn't like a vacation it was like a you know exposure trip for all the fucked up shit in the philippines does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that uh, makes sense. <laughs> that, it was supposed to be a trip that really solidifies your your commitment to the, you know, the leftist movement. And it kind of had the opposite effect on me. <laughs> where, I was, where I was like, where I, I was like, we're not going to win. Like, <laughs> uh, this nonviolent shit ain't going to work. Uh, like half the people I interviewed were killed the following year. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh like, right. like, like we were going to like plantations and shit, you know, where it's like I'm standing there with my old ass video camera going like, damn, this is the same place where they shot all those motherfuckers, uh, you know, striking <laughs> like this is nuts. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I've just had this right. aversion to going back. Right. Just because I felt guilty because after like 30 days of hardcore exposure and uh, integration into all these different communities, my last day, I was like just trying to blow off steam. And I was like at some bar, like getting tossed. You know what I mean? I was just, I almost right. felt like I was just trying to forget or numb my, sh- you know, to the shit I saw. And I, the I idea mean- of going back and driving past once you get out the airport and they have like favela roofs trying to hide all the right. homeless people. I don't know. Do, do they still have that? Yeah. I know they did that for like one they of those. They still have yeah, that. Where it's just like, you know, pay no attention to the shit behind the favela roof. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't uh, know. What, what is that called? Sheet metal or the. Yeah, sheet metal. Yeah. It's like, the, the corrugated roof metal. Yeah. The, the curvy metal. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, right. yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'll go to, back to Japan before I go back to the Philippines. Right. Oh, bro, you got to go BGC. They got BGC now. That's fine. Yeah. Still say, I mean, it's interesting how it's interesting how that's what you remember about your trip. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> no, I mean, no. So Joseph, time to Joseph. Uh, oh, Joseph. Oh, yeah. And you sure. Oh, right? I don't know. That BGC is great. Do, do they still say ma'am, sir? They still do. It's, it's still oh. a thing they say. Yeah. I have a theory. <laughs> I have a theory about that. Am I right? Chino or uh, they get the script. The greeting script and it says ma'am slash right. sir yes fuck- exactly uh, 
Yeah, exactly. Damn, genius. <laughs> and they just read it as one thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just a thing now. <laughs> I was like offended the first oh, time yeah. I heard it. Like, can they not tell? Like, I know I got a LeBray. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Soto will uh, call me Bakla or some shit. Like, <laughs> that's just that's just that's just their y'all. We are an inclusive people. We're all the mamsers. Yeah. At- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right so as far as performing comedy is concerned here and i'm not saying this applies to all for you but just like what your perspective is in general do you think there are people who utilize their heritage as, as a crutch and uh, if you have any thoughts on that Crutches in which way? Like, like how, is it their main source of material? Is it something they fall back on when they can't think of material? Is is that something that happens out here, or is that just an entirely different problem? Uh, that's interesting. Like specific to uh, it, specific to Filipino American okay. comics to 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 Filipinos because you know how you guys have the. Uh, how you guys, how you people have the, uh, you people. the you people have the, uh, the, I'm Chinese, so therefore I do math type of bit, like what I was talking about. So is that, oh, is that like more prevalent in, in Asian communities than as opposed to like a white comic saying, oh, I'm white, therefore I am. I don't uh, think, this, I don't think it's that. more prevalent. I think I hate it when I hear it though, just because I'm more harsh. Yeah. Because yeah, I, don't, I don't think it happens. I don't right. think it happens too much anymore. I think people have like caught on and, and grown from it since like the eighties or early nineties or right. whatever. I think, I don't know. I, I feel like comedy's evolving, no, more, right. at least for Brown people. It's more white uh, and black comics doing evolving. those jokes about us than it is us doing them. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, so uh, like if you're, so as a, sorry, you cut you off, but as like a Filipino, when you hear a white comic do a joke about, what they think a Filipino is, is that offensive to you as, as it, or do you not, not care? Huh? It depends. I, if it's, I, do, I don't know any white people that do Filipino bits, yeah, th- except yeah. Chris Corin, who does that one. Yeah, I love that bit, which is like, yeah, I love that bit, which is funny, but he's Brown too. Isn't he's, he? he's like, like half like, white, half and half Latino. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. see too many white people doing right. ethnic bits through, to be honest, like I can't even think of anybody right now. I mean, aside from local comics, it's hard for me to really count more than like five Filipino comics off the top of my head. Yeah. I feel like all the all the Filipino American comics we all know yeah. each other. Kevin Kamiya, right. Kevin Kamiya hit me up about uh, the the Joe Coy thing that you got, and he has. I think we're the only two Filipino motherfuckers not on this shit, man. Filipino American female comics do y'all know in the Bay Area? That's okay. I'll wait. Just you. Um, is there any other? Women? PX, but I, PX Floral. Uh, Natasha, is but, Natasha Collier half or a quarter? She's a Vietnamese. Oh, so no. Yeah, I don't like, think there are any. Yeah. I know. Well, there was that that one back in the day that did that special that Showtime special with Edwin San Juan, Bernadette. Oh, yeah. I remember that. She was kind of popping for a minute. Bernadette Belagtas. I think she she quit, didn't she? I uh, I don't know her. I don't. I have no idea. I just the only thing I remember before about my her, time. The only thing I remember about her was that she played the sister in the debut. That's the only thing I know about her. I never. Oh. Somebody, I'm not familiar with any shit, but I heard her name because they had a screening. I think I want to say it was at SF State or someplace. Anyway, I went because yeah. I was in college, and um, and I wore that Filipino dot American shirt. I fucking I, I bet I still have it somewhere in my mom's house, and um, she. Did a couple of jokes. I didn't know she was a comedian though, and then I later mm-hmm. found out that that's what she was, and then she quit. So, yeah, she she did that. She has a Showtime thing. Um, are there a lot of Philippine Filipina comics in back home? In the Philippines, yeah. oh, a handful. I mean, right now I th- I can think of about thirty. That's a lot. Thirty. Yeah, three zero. That, thirty. Yeah, that's a lot. And when you say comics, though, do you mean like people that are working at like? 
you know, they're getting booked at clubs, they're touring. Or- okay, so, yeah, so we don't really have clubs back home, but we have shows, and, and out of the yeah. 30, a good 15 are booked regularly. Okay. Uh, so it's a rotation. They're about, there are about seven or eight headliners, and the rest are hosts and, and openers and middlers. Damn, so it's a, a revolving door of comics that um, constantly go through. I mean, that was pre COVID. Now everything's. Could you make a good living different. doing just comedy in the Philippines? That's actually a good point. You cannot because a lot of the comics that do do this full time are actually also, you know, podcasters now or yeah. writers for TV shows. I mean, they don't strictly just do stand up for for. A so living. they have other creative streams of income. In other words, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like here. You, I mean, I mean, I guess you have a more of a, a ceiling here for stand up, but I mean, we still got to write on TV shows or do podcasts. Right. Yeah, it's not enough anymore. Or work in tech, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's that. I mean, there are people who still have day jobs as no. well. Uh, but yeah, so for all of you, is it important to uh, represent your heritage when you get up on stage, or is that just not something you're concerned with right now? I feel like it only. I feel like it only becomes important to me when I'm on shows with other Asians, because I feel like, okay, I got to be a good representation of whatever the fuck I am. Uh, I don't really feel that kind of pressure when I'm working on predominantly black shows, which is, a, which is like, I would say a pretty like 65% of the shows that I do are with like, you know, with like black, like black shows or other people of color. Um, and that I don't feel as much pressure there than I do when I'm around other Filipinos or other Asians. Like when I did um, the crazy, I did, I did, I did a virtual, comedy festival last year called crazy woke Asians. And it was probably the most Asian comics I've ever worked with all at once at the same time. And so, you know, I feel like, okay, I got to represent myself and be, you know, a good example, as opposed to when I'm doing a show where I'm just another person on the lineup. I don't feel that kind of pressure. Right. I I think it's, if you were to ask me, like when I first started, I would have said no, but I think it's very important now. I do. I do think it is just because, when I started doing more and more stuff, uh, it, it was just crazy how many like young Filipino kids would like hit me up and just be like, Hey, I, like ask me advice for stand up or just yeah. be like, Hey, like I want to, I want to do it. You know, they're like, Oh, you're th-. And I thought that was like really cool. So I'm like, I mean, I don't, I don't make it a point to like push like a, a weird, like a agenda or anything like that. Like, but I, I do think it's like, cool to be like hey yeah you're filipino if you want to do this thing just you go hell yeah do it do we need more of us there's a lot there's plenty of room you know just right just do it i mean i i specifically chose not to go by like a stage name like i think that was like one of my uh you know what i mean like making a statement right you know what i mean it's like and and now i kind of wish i had a work name (laughs) versus your government yeah you know or like keep my government name for stand-up and then have a work name so they don't so they're not Uh, looking up my shit when they you know for job interviews or whatever uh that happens mm -hmm. all the time that's why on my linkedin i finally just put comedy there so they know what they're getting but i don't i also don't (laughs) i also don't get too specific about my shit because i'm like half filipino and half japanese right third and fourth generation Mm -hmm. it's like that's when you start getting into one man show territory or one person yeah. show, ter- mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I just like, I want the jokes just to be a little more, you know, quicker. I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. do this like preface for everything. Like, right. You got to get my mm-hmm. <laughs> Game of Thrones backstory or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, guys. Sorry. Go ahead, Ivy. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I just, I mean, I feel like when I step on the stage, the first thing people already see is that I'm I'm a Filipino woman, I'm an Asian woman, I'm some sort of, and, um, you know, I feel like when I first started, I went out of my way to not address it just because it's like, look, that's the first thing you see. It's very obvious. Now, let me just talk about some other stuff so people don't think that I'm trying to be like a female Rex or some, you know, not that it's, or yeah. there's, there's other comics that can do that. I just, I'm not yeah. one of them. Yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like you have to like address it, but I'm, I, I do think, like just being like 
like stuff like this do things like this you know what yeah. i mean like do do filipino stuff like help out yeah it, the, the stuff behind the scenes you know like right. uh bring up other filipino artists like that that's just cool because like in where where we're at right now there's there's only like we could probably name all the filipino comics you know what i mean yeah and we i mean i'm always down to help whoever i kind and then same with other people i actually actually, i kind of take back what i said because i'm one of the least filipino filipinos that you'll ever meet (laughs) so i am i am actually trying to own that like on stage, I, I think I do try to project, you know, being a third generation Asian American, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because right. I remember I first saw the Tinnik Ling when I was like 15. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, where do they get them big ass, <laughs> them big ass branches? <laughs> <The> sticks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, like, I feel like it's only been in the last, you know, and I've been, I've been back doing comedy since 2016, and I think it's only been in the last couple of years where you know other filipino comedians would reach out to me and things like that like i you know i didn't know if there was like support out there i didn't know if that you know i'm sure it existed somewhere it just wasn't until two years ago i feel like it wasn't accessible to me and you know now that the opportunities are you know coming more like i've been doing more um you know podcasts with other pinoy people or i would be doing shows and talk shows with other pinoy comics like um you know ron jostle from like people like that like i people that would hit me up yeah, just, you know, cool folks, like people whose names I'd only ever seen, like when I was in college and, you know, maybe right. during our Bindlestiff days, you know, people that I would never thought would have ever talked to me. And it's only like, it's like I said, it's, it's been in the last couple of years that they've been reaching out. So I think my comfort level, you know, my comfort level in being a part of that community has, you know, gotten higher as I've gotten more familiar with um, other people. Because, yeah, like I said, there's not there's not a ton of us to begin with. So when we do find each other, it's like, whoa, right. <laughs> Right. All right. I get, that was my last question. So that was a great way to end this episode. Thank you so much, guys, for taking the time out of your night to talk to me for a bit. Now, uh, if you guys want to uh, promote anything, put anything over, now is your chance. Uh, let the people know where they can find your stuff. Uh, let's start with Andrew. Uh, at Andrew underscore Rolfo on all social media platforms and then uh twitch.tv slash andrew rolfo that's nice. all where you can see me all right all right joseph yeah if you could help him out with the spelling it's just joseph Annalyn at you know at all the at all the <laughs> things instagram twitter right it's joseph with an f yeah right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one of the least filipino last names ever <laughs> it's like right I'll I'll get you. I know, Lynn. What is that? Sorry, it's not Spanish, lady. Like whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Spanish last names, uh, so for me, I'm uh, Joseph with an F. I'm Ivy with an A. So A I V Y Cordova across. Yeah, like Instagram, Twitter, and then of course there's a show. There's a show I have, like a Zoom show that Joseph and I have. uh, Playlist comedy. We do uh, Zoom shows at the last Monday of every month. So we've got one coming up on. Monday. <laughs> I had to think about that one for a second. If, yeah. If this if this cast doesn't come out before then, then it's yeah, it's the last Monday of every month. Come fuck with us April twenty sixth. Yeah, there you go. Nah, this will come out in uh let's see, fourth episode, four weeks from now. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, it'll, okay. it, it'll it'll still catch the, the last Monday of that month. So we'll still have yeah. anyway. Thanks guys for doing this with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks, I hope to see you this week. And that's the end of this week's episode on Class Clown. The end of all the episodes for this week on Class Clown. Thank you once again for listening to me talk to random people about random things. I hope this time around you actually learned a thing or two about how much deeper Filipino-American humor is. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, this season is turning out to be a very interesting study on humor and what it takes to be funny, you know, and the future episodes will reflect that because this next few weeks, my guests are Kabulastogan of the Kabulastogan IG page. We also have Ali Sangalang of the Linya Linya show along with his dad. 
Sensei Renee Sangalang. We also have Gabe Mercado of Spit joining us and Third World Improv joining us on this podcast series as well. And all of them are just going to be talking about what it means to be funny, how funny affects their life, as well as the other things I chat with them about. So it's a really good feeling to get to talk to so many people and to really see how much deeper comedy is. You know, comedy is not just stand-up. It's not just improv. It's not just memes. You know, it's not just podcasting. It's its own life force, its own genre, and it's so rich. And I am honored to be able to explore this topic with all of my guests in the future. Also, hey, believe it or not, I'm actually planning more and more guests here on the podcast. So maybe in the future, you might hear me talk to Barack Obama. Huh? What's up? No, I've sent him a few emails. He has not replied. So it's not happening, guys. I think I'm on some sort of watch list right now. So sorry, sorry. We tried, we tried. But you know, more, more big names coming to you. But until next time, I have been Chino Liao. Please rate this podcast. Let the people know, uh, let the podcast lords know if you like listening to me. Rate my podcast any number of stars. Leave a review on your podcast app of choice. And until next, and you know what? If you want to send me love, complaints, insults, echoes, you can do so at Chino Supersized. But until then, this has been a Podcast Network Asia exclusive. Powered, of course, by Podmetrics. I have been Chino Liao. Thank you and goodbye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.